Welcome to the Notes from a Scottish Author podcast. I'm Barry Hutchison, aka JD Kirk, and in each episode I'll be talking about life, writing, and the ups and downs of being a full-time author and publisher in the Highlands of Scotland. And probably some other stuff too. I hope you'll join me. Hello, it is Friday the 19th of June 2020, which makes this episode 19 of Notes from a Scottish Author with me, Barry Hutchison, aka JD Kirk. I'm here sitting in my office because today was the live Q&A Friday stream thing, which has just happened. Uh, I'm just downloading the footage now. I'm recording this. As a little intro, just to warn you in case there's any weird technical hiccups in the live stream, like the audio goes funny, or my face freezes, or any of that stuff. Relax, don't worry, it was all just part of some internet tomfoolery. I hope you enjoy the Q&A, it's about 30 minutes thereabouts, and uh, I will be back tomorrow with my weigh-in session, so... uh, Strap in, buckle up, do all that stuff with belts and harnesses that you need to do, and enjoy the Q&A. Hello! Well, hang on, we'll get rid of the live broadcast starting soon, but, because that's not true, is it? It started now. There we go. Hello, how are you all doing? Hopefully you can hear me. It is Friday, which means it is live Q&A time uh, for notes for a Scottish author. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called, my YouTube uh, podcast series thing. Uh, lots of people logged on already. I see. Hello, everyone. Hello, especially to Penny Willow, who hardly ever makes it to uh, live stream things because she lives in Australia where time is wrong and uh, nothing makes sense. So uh, I've got a few questions that I've had sent in. I'm going to answer those quickly, rattle through them, and then anyone who has other questions to ask, fire them away in the comments and I will try to answer them too. Uh, I'm not as badly bothered by hay fever now as I was earlier on today. Uh, I've been in a real mess today. My eyes felt like they were about to explode at points. Thankfully, they didn't because that would have been awful. Okay, let's rattle on with the questions. John Forensic Man. I'm assuming that is not your real surname. If it is, excellent. John asks, how was an author paid? For example, do you get a percentage of the sale every time a book is sold? I know you are slightly different, certainly am, in that you produce your own books, but in general, how would it work? Well, author royalties is a very long um, conversation. Basically, what happens when uh, when a book is picked up, so let's say one of my HarperCollins books got picked up um, So let's just say they decided they were going to pay me an advance of £5,000, picking a number out of thin air. So that £5,000, I get paid one-third of that when I sign the contract. I get paid one-third of that when I deliver the final draft manuscript. And I get paid one-third when the book is published. So um, what's that? £1,750 thereabouts three times, uh, and that might be over the course of two years. 
So that's you're not going to get rich off one book unless you get a massive advance, and even then it's spread out over a long period of time. Now, that is an advance. That is not free cash. That money has to be paid back. You don't pay it back out of your own pocket. You pay it back out of the earnings of your book, out of your royalties. So that £6.99 book, for example, if someone buys that on Amazon or in a supermarket, I might get about seven pence. That might be my share of that book. Uh, it's usually about 7.5% royalty share when they're sell to Amazon or sell to supermarkets in massive bulk numbers. They sell each unit really cheap. So it's 7.5% of whatever they have sold it to the uh, bookshop for. Uh, off that then comes my agent fee and tax and all that stuff. But that, that 7, 10, 15 pence, whatever it may be, comes off the £5,000 that I owe them. So uh, I have to earn back that £5,000 at 10 pence a time, for example, until it is repaid. And then I start earning money at 10 pence a time from then on, from every book that is sold from then on. I hope that makes sense. It's very different with what I'm doing through uh, Kindle is that for every book I sell at, at £2.99 on Kindle, for example, I get £2.10 two months later in my bank account. So um, it's uh, from an author's point of view, it's, uh, it's much, much better. Hope that answers the question. Uh, Jane Wynn. Q&A Friday, what made you make the switch to crime fiction? Have you enjoyed the change? It's not really a switch as such. I'm still doing the other stuff as well. I'm not doing the kids' books at the moment, but I'm still doing sci-fi and all that stuff. Um, it was just it's something I've always wanted to do or, since the idea that I had for for book one of, a lit, or of the J.D. Kirk series, A Litter of Bones. Since I had that idea when I was out with my daughter one day, I've thought about writing it for a while. And then a conversation with L.J. Ross, a crime author, Louise Ross, she suggested that I, I give it a go, and it did. And now I write crime. Krusty Nuts 69 Again, I'm assuming not your real name. Uh, I have two sayings which I enjoy. The first is, never criticise someone unless you have walked a mile in their shoes. The second is, better for people to think you're a fool and remain silent than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. I'm hoping that wasn't a personal insult aimed at me. Can I ask it? Do you have sayings or perils of wisdom? I've never been um, what you might call guilty of dropping perils of wisdom ever. Uh, I have one saying that I've always liked, and it is, uh, I think it's Buddhist originally, and it is, this too shall pass. So when things are really terrible, you can remind yourself that they won't be terrible forever. And if things are really good, you go, you know, we'll appreciate it now because eventually it's going to get shit. Uh, so yeah, this too shall pass. That's that's the kind of phrase I would say I I like most. Uh, apart from have some free money, Barry, which is another favourite. Um, Sheena Baxter, what genre do you like writing the most? Children's, space, or my favourite, crime? And what sells the most? Thank you. Very polite way of asking a question here, Sheena. Thanks very much. Uh, it's a bit of a cop-out, but I, I like writing all of them for different reasons. I didn't think I would like writing crime. I uh, I, kind of str I thought I was going to struggle with it. I thought this is going to be... It's not really a genre I enjoy reading, um, so I thought I'm going to struggle with this. And it turned out that I really enjoy writing crime, um, and I enjoy writing those characters. For me, it's all about characters. It doesn't matter really what the story is. If I enjoy writing the characters... 
I will enjoy writing the books and uh, I enjoy the characters in my J.D. Kirk books. What sells the most? Crime absolutely sells the most by an enormous margin. Basically, my sci-fi stuff outsold my kids' books about 10 to 1. My crime stuff currently outsells the sci-fi at the moment 60, 70 to 1, 80 to 1. Um, so huge, huge difference. And that's across uh, ebook, paperback, and uh, audiobook as well. Mother of Doggos, which I think is Penny. I hope that's right. Um, how do you write up? Oh, I'm going to take offense at this, Penny. How do you write a book's filler? All the stuff which makes it a book and not a movie script or pamphlet. Car rides, getting breakfast, moving from one place to another. How do you write enough but avoid waffling? Uh, I hope you're not saying that my books are filled with um, filler, Penny. Um, but well, but they are really. And again, this is that's the stuff that I enjoy writing because the filler really is. There's no filler as such. There are conversations which might seem like filler, but there's always something happening in the story. In every chapter of any of my books or any scene in any of my books, even if it just feels like, particularly Space Team, a couple of people mucking around and stupid stuff happening, there is always something contained within that scene that either advances the plot or establishes new characters or something like that. So there's always something working. There, there is, it might look like filler, but it's actually cunningly disguised plot or character development. Um, how do you write enough to avoid waffling? I always waffle. I think novels are mostly waffle, to be honest. You could write the story in, in you know, of most novels, you could write the story in a page and a half, but people read them because they want to get to know the characters, they want to enjoy the scenery, they want to do all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do waffle. And as I'm waffling now, it's waffling is my middle name. Hope that answers your question. Uh, Ken Hulme. Uh, question for Friday Q&A from my partner, Sally Kushney, who is just into Litter of Bones. Well done, Sally. Excellent choice. Do you have any formal training as a writer? uni courses or are you self-taught um not really i i started writing when i was nine and i've written tens of millions of words since then uh after i left school i was due to go to uh university in glasgow and uh decided against it at the last minute because i had absolutely no interest whatsoever in what i was going to do um, and then i ended up doing a course up in aberdeen on uh film and media and tv and i kind of got into script writing that way um but we didn't do much writing it was more production side of things really so not really is the answer to that not really any training as a writer um it's one of these jobs where you don't need any training really i mean you, there are degrees in creative writing and all that stuff but if you submit your novel to a publisher they don't care if you've got a creative writing degree all they care about is if that book is any good if the book is good then they will buy it if the book is rubbish it doesn't matter how many degrees you have they will not buy that book. And even more so when you're uh, publishing your own work, if you're indie publishing, putting at the top of it, I have a degree in creative writing, will not make readers buy that book. Um, if anything, it will put them off. Uh, Christopher Smith, this is the last question I've got here, and then I'm going to ask here. I've got other, I had other questions, but I knew you guys would have some. So Christopher Smith, you've become successful. Thanks, Christopher. It's very kind of you. Um, but did you ever hit a low and consider giving up writing? Um, yes, actually. When I was 
I sold a film script when I was about 17, which I mentioned, um, and then I sold another one shortly after that, and everyone involved went bankrupt, um, and the film never happened. And I kind of, I then ended up getting a job. I was working in a call center for a while, which was absolutely soul-destroying. And then uh, my son was born, and that was taking, obviously he was taking up loads of time. Uh, Work was taking up loads of time, and I really struggled to find time to write. Um, so and I kind of I didn't feel um, creative at all. I felt I was exhausted constantly, as having a new baby and working all the time, constantly exhausted. And I didn't feel at all creative. And I stopped writing, not consciously. I didn't decide I've had enough of this, but I stopped writing for a few years, probably three or four years. Um, and I could feel myself becoming kind of agitated and, and a bit miserable. And once I started writing again, oh, everything was fine. So I think. Um, I think I have to write. There's this, I've described it before as having like multiple radios set up, tuned to different stations. So they're all playing different things and different voices coming out. And that's a bit like what it's like inside my head is that I have all these ideas going ding, 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 ding. And if I don't write them down, they stay in there. So by writing them down, I can kind of exorcise them and get rid of them and then they're gone. And then I immediately forget them. Uh, so every book I've written, I've, I've forgotten almost exclusively. Uh, so yeah, so there we go. That's uh, the questions I have here. Who has questions uh, over on the right here? Let me see. Uh, Ellen Peachy. Let me see, Ellen. As a mother, I like Tyler. Is he based on anyone you know? Uh, nobody specific. No, I do like Tyler as well. I like Tyler's relationship with... Uh, Logan and with the rest of the team Logan and Ben, their relationship with Tyler I really enjoy um, everyone kind of assumes they hate him and they, they definitely don't, they just like to pretend they do um, and I think that's quite a, I think that's kind of something you see in workplaces Again, talking about the call centre there was lots of that stuff went on, there would always be someone who would get, who'd be in the kind of a group of friends that he would do, and they'd be the one that would be kind of not picked on but kind of jokes made at the expense of in a harmless fun way I, often it was me other times it was other people in the group and it would kind of shift around and it, it, it's a kind of i don't know if it's a scottish thing or british thing it's kind of a sign of affection to be relentlessly taking the piss out of someone like that so that's um that's kind of where the relationship with with tyler comes from uh let's see what else we've got uh, where are we? Chris, do you fancy having a dabble in any other writing genres? M&B romance, is M&B Mills and Boone, is it? God, I haven't thought about Mills and Boone in many, many years. I think my sister used to read Mills and Boone books way, way, way back. Um, do you fancy a dabble in any other writing genres? Yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. Nothing I'm really planning to at the moment. I think I've got quite enough on my plate as it is. I'm doing more screenwriting for reasons that shall be explained at another time. Uh, uh, so yeah, doing that and um, but books, yeah, I'm really up for most things. Uh, horror, I'd quite like to write proper horror stuff, but it always becomes funny. That's the problem. I always I always segue into making jokes of stuff. So so I don't know how well a, a Mills and Boone comedy romance would go. Uh, a different Chris, Chris McClellan. Have you considered writing TV comedy? Uh, yes, actually, I'm currently. It's all 
kind of ground to a halt because of coronavirus. But um, one of my scripts, a sitcom based on an old horror comedy horror movie I wrote years ago, uh, is currently working its way through BBC Studios. I'm developing that with someone from BBC Studios. It is called the Glen Lacker Star, and it is set in a small Highland village, uh, and it's centred around the newspaper of this quirky, weird Highland village when strange things tend to happen. So, um, yeah, so that's that's currently in in the early stages of development. Who knows what will happen? I also wrote uh, an episode of Supermansion for uh, Sony Crackle in the States, uh, a streaming service, which is comedy, animated comedy, starring Brian Cranston and Chris Pine and various other people. So that was good fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, let's see who else. Oh, somebody else asked, and I've lost it now. Someone asked, did I have, uh, was this a 3D model of the currently untitled? And it is. It's a 3D model of the space team ship. And right now, I can't remember who did it for me. I must check back. I apologize if you made this for me for not immediately having your name to hand. Uh, but yes, this was made for me and sent to me. And I will I will find out who done it and I will mention it in, in the uh, video. So there was that. And I also got sent this um, soft toy of mech from Space Team, also by someone whose name I have temporarily forgotten. I forget the characters in my own books. Sometimes I forget my own name. So, you know, don't take it personally. But yes, that was made. Uh, that was made for me. So here we go. Uh, Eileen Brown, are there parts of the writing that are emotionally draining? Um, yeah, lots of it, really. Uh, the the last uh, DCI Jack Logan book, A Whisper of Sorrows, there was a lot in that that was emotionally draining. Um, one bit in particular, as I've mentioned, I literally sat sobbing while I was writing it. No spoilers, don't worry, I'm not going to say anything more than that. It's probably not what you think it is either. Uh, but I, I sat um, sobbing my heart out at one scene and felt tremendously guilty afterwards. So, yeah, you go through quite a range of emotions when you're writing. Often the overriding emotion is, should I have some biscuits? And uh, the answer is inevitably yes. So that's another question. Uh, uh, Eliz Barber, Elizabeth Barber, Eliz, I don't know, cool name. Screenwriting, question mark. We're going to see Logan on telly, question mark. Who knows? That's all I will say to that. I don't know. Nothing in any way concrete at the moment on that regard. There are other exciting things happening uh, with regard to some of my other books. But, you know, who knows? Just wait and see. Keep your fingers crossed. Uh, Penny Willow, lol, I cry at least five times reading Space Team. That's fine. Uh, it suggests some underlying issues. But, yeah, but there are bits in Space Team as well. Space Team is a comedy it's a comedy sci-fi action adventure series. Um, it's basically a sitcom in space. So that's how I, I kind of viewed it. But quite quickly, there was there was stuff. I think in the second book, you find out the main characters. Not again, not a big spoiler. It's right in chapter one. You find out the main character's daughter died, um, 
and that immediately for me changed my understanding of the series. I, I, I during book one, I thought this is just nonsense space stuff, and then um, that at the start of book two kind of made me realise that it was hopefully going to be more than that. And there have been bits in that that I've written, and I have had tears in my eyes. Uh, so there's um, yeah, there's there's uh, fair enough. Well done. Penny, you should cry. You're, it shows you're human. Good, it's healthy. Uh, Susie Lewis, uh, if you send you biscuits, will you write as a new space team book? Uh, I'm not eating biscuits, but I am, you know, writing stuff. That's all I will say. Um, but I, I, um, I'm not eating biscuits now. I'm ultra healthy. Been running and all that stuff, as I know you have, Susie. So well done. I haven't been running as far as you uh, yet. Or probably ever, but you know, well done. Uh, what's this? Dwayne Bunch. Now, when we say biscuits here, we mean cookies, right? Mm, no, cookies are a very specific type of biscuit, Dwayne. I will eat any biscuit that's going hobnobs. I love that. Uh, can't think of any other biscuits offhand. Bourbons, not the alcoholic thing, chocolatey biscuit with cream in it, chocolatey cream. Oreos. They're a type of cookie, I, w- I would argue. I'll have them too. Uh, so there, yeah. That's what I mean. Biscuits. What creative writing group slash courses in the Highlands would you recommend for budding amateur screenplay writers, asked Chris McClellan. I have no idea. I'm not aware of any. Um, uh, High Arts. Is it called High Arts? No. Expo North it's called now. Expo North, which is a thing that's going on at the moment. They do loads of... Um, creative writing stuff. There's, it's, in fact, it's coming up really soon. It might be, be on any day now. They're doing some live streams of people talking about writing and all that stuff. And they usually have a good list of of what's going on in terms of classes and all that stuff. Uh, what's Chris Pickin asking? Do you know how expensive they are in the UK? Three quid. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. I'm assuming I've missed something. So I don't know what I don't know how to answer that question. I, I apologise. Uh, let's see who else has got questions. Dwayne Bunch, when you get incredibly worldwide famous, are you still going to remember us? Nope. I mean, I can barely remember anyone now, as I say, including including myself. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Oh, we're talking about pearls of wisdom. Jane Wynn, my favourite pearl of wisdom comes from J.D. Kirk. Man cannot live by rich tea alone. So very true, Jane. So very, very true. Uh, it would be a disappointing, bitter life to live if we had to live by rich tea alone. So good point. Well made. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul Pender, have you broken your big news yet? Nope. Uh, it could be ages yet. I I was I probably jumped the gun on saying I have big news. Could be a while. These things take time. If it if all comes off, it will be worth waiting for. But at the moment, I can tell you no more than that. I apologise. Uh, when is the next Logan book coming out? If you haven't seen it, the next Logan book, the cover and uh, title have been revealed. In fact, I've got it here. Bobo, that's the next one. The Big Man Upstairs, uh, and will be coming out in August. August, yes. What month is this? June, yeah, August. So it'll be coming out kind of mid-August. And uh, yeah, 
So that's what it's called. That's what it's the cover is going to look like. And uh, yeah, August. So there you go. Okay, let's see what other questions we've got. Uh, I'm just seeing weird things. I mean, oops, where'd it go? Aura Penguin. Don't know what that's about. Uh, Susie, you can't suck a penguin through a Tim Tam. I mean, what's going on here? What is this stuff happening? Um, here we go. Eileen Brown, are there any other Scottish authors you've been on a panel with? Um, I was on, let me think now. I've done quite a lot of panel stuff at festivals and things, but I don't think any of them were Scottish authors. I've done a panel with Alex Smith, who um, also writes crime. Uh, Paper Girls, the first book in his series, you read those. Been on a panel with him when we were talking about kids' books. Uh, and so that was quite good fun. Um, who else have I been in panels with? Yeah, I can't think of any other Scottish authors I've been in panels with. I have sat at a signing table next to Ian Banks. His cube was somewhat longer than mine, I should uh, point out. But yeah, I did that. That was that was pretty cool. Ian Banks, if you don't know the story, I wanted to be an author since I was nine. And um, uh, an English teacher when I was in high school told me not to be so ridiculous that that wasn't going to happen. Um, and then in my second last year of high school, Ian Banks came in and did a talk. And we got a chance to go up and speak to him afterwards. And I mentioned that I I had wanted to be an author, but this teacher had put me off. And Ian Banks swore very creatively and um, told me in no uncertain terms not to listen to him and to go for it. And I did. And then several years later, I got to sit next to Ian Banks at a panel and tell him that story. So that was good. Uh, Ian Banks, of course, sadly, no longer with us. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, let's see if we've got any other question from Chris McClellan. Do you collaborate with other writers? Not on books, really. Uh, I've done some short stories for short story collections. Uh, I've co-written a screenplay with a guy called Gordon Napier, uh, which is a kind of horror setting, low-budget horror set in the Highlands around Beleskin House, where Alistair Crowley, the, the wickedest man alive, as he was called at the time, where he used to live. Um, so we've written that. Um, but not haven't done any books in collaboration with any writers. We've bounced ideas around with lots of other writers, but I haven't done any books. Uh, where are we? Nan Matheson, who designs your Book it actually says who designs your book covers, but for some reason the rest of that word has vanished. Just says who designs your book. Uh, it varies. Some of them I design myself. Um, certainly the early Space Team books up to about book, oh, I don't know, nine, I think I designed myself. Um, yeah. And then uh, I had various other designers doing Dan Deadman books, and um, I've designed some of the. The uh, JD Kirk books myself designed some of them, then passed them off to designer, and I come up with ideas sometimes, send them to a designer, they come back and do do different things. So um, partly me, partly other people. Uh, Jane Wynn has asked, "Was Ian Banks the inspiration for Hoon? Do you know? I just thought of that actually when I was thinking about the creative swearing he used. Maybe, maybe subconsciously, Ian Banks was the inspiration for Detective Superintendent Hoon. Incidentally, while I've got you here, um, now, I don't know who's read 
book six and who hasn't. So don't reply in the comments anything that could in any way be conceived as any sort of spoiler. But in theory, because I quite fancy writing it, in theory, would anyone be interested in a Hoon standalone one-off novel following him investigating something that has happened? Um, I think it could be really good fun to write. So let me know in the comments. Uh, and I have to answer this question. Ellen Peachy, did you ever see that teacher again? There are some times in life that you think the universe is is handing something to you. The universe is, is everything, the stars have come into alignment and something perfect happens. And that is what happened with that teacher. I, I hadn't seen him in about 15 years, I don't think. And I met him one day. And where I met him was at the Edinburgh International Book Festival. He walked in with his wife. I was standing outside the tent where I was due to be speaking. If I haven't been to the Edinburgh International Book Festival, there's all these big marquees with kind of rake seating inside. And, and I was due to be talking kind of 10 minutes later in one of these and the audience had all gone in and all that stuff and I saw him coming and I, I kind of shrugged off my Edinburgh Book Festival minders and made a beeline for him and I said oh hello how are you doing and uh, he said oh 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 hello uh, you know what are you doing here and I said I'm here to talk about my book series with Harper Collins and his face fell and he went oh 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 right oh well uh, we might come and see you. And I said, you can't. It's sold out. And I turned around and walked away. It wasn't sold out. It wasn't even remotely close to set to being sold out. But I couldn't resist the uh, opportunity to tell him that it had. So, yeah, it was one of those rare moments where the universe gives you something <laughs> absolutely perfect. Um, yes to a Hoon standalone, people are saying. Excellent. Yes, defo. A Hoon book would be great. Do it. Excellent. That's good to know. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe early years Hoon, uh, Susie suggests. Actually, Hoon comes from, I did, uh, the first thing I ever tried writing, or no, that's not, that's not true. The first thing I ever tried publishing, indie publishing, was uh, a little, um, kind of mini series, which I've now collected into a, a standalone book and it was called The Bug. And it was about this kind of, um, these alien bugs that burrow into people's flesh and make them do terrible things. And Hoon is one of the main characters in that. He's D.I. Hoon at that point. He's uh, in Glasgow, and he's one of the main characters in that. And um, no one's ever read it, really. Maybe like Literally a handful of people have read that book. And uh, I, I enjoyed the character so much that I decided that I was bringing him back for the uh, DCI Logan stuff. So, um, yeah, there we go. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. Phone's ringing. Shut up. There we go. Sorry about that. Uh, and yeah, in fact, Chris Pickens says, wasn't the bug a Hoon standalone? Kind of was, yeah, but set in an alternate reality. Um, so th there we go. So we have now been talking for half an hour. Uh, I'm going to answer a couple more questions and then I'm going to call it a day. Laura, do you carry a notebook with you to jot ideas down? I used to. What I'd always do is I would buy a notebook. Um, I would write a few things in that notebook. I would then lose that notebook. 
and I'd have to try and remember what I'd written in it. And then I'd find it again sometime later. Like all these, all these notebooks here are are notebooks which I've probably written a few things in and then never done anything with else with. I've literally written nothing in this one because it's a fancy kind of leathery one. Um, but yeah, all these notebooks will have random stuff in it. Uh, and then I'd, I never look at them again. So now I tend to uh, dictate stuff into my phone. So I walk and I, I record it and then I'll listen back to it. Often none of it makes any sense. But some of it does, and I use it that way. So generally, my phone is my notebook. Uh, and final question, we'll go to Penny Willow. What happened to the book about the girl who ends up in the city of the dead? I really like that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I wrote a short story for the Edinburgh Book Festival a few years ago. It was in this really nice box set, which I have somewhere. I'll put a picture up later. A uh, box set of three different books, stories written by various authors who have been speaking at the Edinburgh Book Festival and mine was called The Unclaimed Girl and The Unclaimed Girl was about a story or sorry was about a girl who um, arrives at a train station with no memory of stepping on a train and it becomes apparent that she's died and this train station is in this big city and the city is filled with everyone who has ever died so there are Somewhere out there are, are Romans and Vikings and Nazis and cavemen and cowboys and all that stuff. And they're all, you know, billions upon billions upon billions of people living in this vast, endless city. And the short story was just about this girl's kind of introduction to it. And then she sets off into the world. Um, and that was the end of the story. And I have had plans for a while to do something with that. I've actually written a, a, a TV pilot a drama for that which i'm called ragnarok ridge which is set in the city different characters but it's set in this city and i'm thinking about turning that into a novel because it's kind of a crime um crime fantasy well not fantasy in the traditional sense but it's a crime where the main character is a a, a washed up old wild west sheriff and the one of the villains is a child trafficking viking um and there's a there's a mental Glasgow bloke in it, um, and it's loads of stuff like that. So so I'm I'm tempted to write it as a novel, and see if people are interested in it. But um, yeah, that's so yeah, I will do something at some point with that. I say it is a screenplay, and uh, I will do something with it at some point. Um, so I think we're kind of out of time for questions now. I need to go and run i've gone back into running um and do some walking take the dog out i haven't been out today i've only done uh 1142 steps which is shocking at this point of the day so i need to go out and get moving um and uh, yeah so uh thanks for coming along and listening if you have any questions for for next week leave them in the comments uh probably on youtube would be best i'll find them over there this video will go up on youtube soon and um, and I will speak to you all again tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm doing my weigh-in for my 100-day uh, fitness challenge. It is day 20. I've been meticulously tracking all my calories for the last week. Running every day, um, a little bit. Walking loads and loads every day. And generally trying to be healthy and fit. So I'm hoping that when I weigh in tomorrow, I will have lost weight. Last time I weighed myself, I was down about five and a bit pounds five and a half pounds 
sort of a 17 stone 0.5 or something. Uh, so I'm hoping to be to be well under that. So we will see what tomorrow brings. But uh, thanks again for coming along, and I will speak to you all again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Notes from a Scottish Author. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends if, unlike me, you actually have any. You can find more information about the show at scottishauthor.com.